listeners, it's Taylor. Before we kick off, we want you to know that the opinions and discussions that take place on Lace and Debauchery do not reflect the opinions of The Rip Bodice in any way. Lace and Debauchery, as a podcast, is an affiliate of The Rip Bodice, which means we can earn a commission on the books we sell during our time as podcast hosts. You can find our affiliate link to buy romance books in every episode description, as well as on our website at laceadpodcast.com slash buy. Thanks for your time, and now for some debauchery. Hell yeah! Hi, Taylor. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I read A Week to be Wicked by Tessa Bear. Tessa Bear? That's if Tessa Bailey and Tessa Dare had a baby. It was absolutely wonderful. I've never cared about fossils as much as I cared about fossils in this book. Oh my god, is it about fossils? Yeah, she loves, she's a geologist. Really? Yeah. Maybe you just are a Tessa girl. I think, well, so I was almost named Tessa. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But my parents, they knew my middle name was either going to be Dodds or Jones because they wanted to do their mom's maiden names. names. Yeah. And they were scared I was going to have a lisp. Why? I don't know. Like just in case? Yeah. They were like, oh God, we can't. Because what if she has a lisp? Every name has an S. Oh yeah. Piper, Dodge, Jones. Yeah. Oh, but I love a lateral lisp. Is that this one? This one? Yeah. I think I used to do this one. Aww. I had to go to speech therapy and I had to read If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. I love that book. And if I could read the whole thing without having a lisp, I would get a cookie. That's amazing. Yeah. My favorite was If You Bring a Mouse to School because then they let him live in the dollhouse. Yeah, I remember that. He got to do that. his little mouse school. Uh, did you ever read The Teacher from the Black Lagoon? No. Or like The Gym Teacher from the Black Lagoon? Because I loved horror growing up. Yeah. But was also like so deeply, deeply terrified by oh. it that I would Horrified. cause myself to be mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And there were these children's books. He would go to school for like the first day. He's like, I'm going to the first day of school and I'm so nervous because I hear that my gym teacher is going to be like a creature from the Black Lagoon and she's going to have big talons and she's going to be so I scary. I don't know why. I read too much romance. That's like more like a piano teacher and she's would gonna have, have huge big tits. She's going to have big old titties. <laughs> Don't listen to this, Mama. Sorry, Grandma. I'm so sorry. I said this episode was going to be. It's um, nice to meet you. I wish it wasn't when I was talking about. Um, Tiggle Bitties. Yeah, Tiggle Bitties and My Killer Vacation. Okay, I'm going to pause it and then we're going to just listen really quick. And Great. then if it's good, we continue. Sweet. We're live. Welcome back. Welcome back to Lace and Debauchery. My ah. name is Taylor. Oh, I'm sorry. I wow. keep interrupting you. Wow, wow. No, you usually say it first. I'm Piper. I'm Taylor. And this is Lace, Lace and Debauchery. Okay. <laughs> We're keeping it in. We're doing well here. Hold on. The last thing I need to do before we officially begin is pull up the notes that I took last night. Oh, I wrote a note. Oh, what was the note? Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, I'm excited. I'm excited. I was trying to think of contemporary, like, television depictions of enemies to lovers, and I could only think of one. Should I guess? Yeah. It's, like, so small. Mr. Moose being the... It is Sweet Life related. It's, it's... Doesn't he marry that woman in, in Sweet Life on Deck? He does, but in Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, there's an episode where Zac Efron guest stars and... Yeah, with Ashley Tisdale. Yes, and it's like he's a Republican, basically, and they're fighting in a museum and they're arguing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then they kiss. I remember that so well. So vividly, because I was like, <gasps> do you want to hear something crazy? He kissed me on the cheek once when I was a kid. Okay, hold on a second. We're going to um, gonna rewind. Um, Piper, we have known each other. 
for almost one full calendar year. One full calendar and year. And you've waited to the 11th hour to tell me, me that, that Zach Efron kissed you on the cheek when you were a kid. Yeah, we were we were at the DVD release party for High School Musical. He was talking to my mom and I and he like bent down in front of me so that we were on eye level because I was like seven. And he gave me a kiss on the cheek and I remember it so vividly because I was like, ah! And this was like, right, yeah, this is his peak, peak, peak cute boy phase. It was for the DVD of High School Musical. So it had yeah. already come out and he it was already, already like. Out. He was already popping off. Oh, yeah. That was like that whole era of Disney. It was like exactly the, yeah. the Sweet Life era, which yeah. is why he was in Sweet Life, right? Yes. Cool. That era was truly, one, gave us like the, the icons of today. Yes. And two, was the last time any TV show I've ever watched was good quality. Except for Succession. Honestly. And Disney Channel gave us fucking, what's his name? Greg. Nicholas Braun, because yes. he was in Sky High. Yes. He was in Sky High. Do we want to talk about enemies to lovers? I mean, I am enjoying this conversation personally. Um, so we're just going to, this is uh, the Sky High episode. Yeah, this is the Sky High episode of the podcast. Of the podcast. Where we haven't watched it in decades. Oh, to be clear, I think I saw it one single time in theaters. Yeah. And then I never watched it again. Okay, hold on. I am getting my docs pulled up. So I can talk to us about enemies to lovers because I did some research. I went out into the wilderness to do some research on enemies to lovers. Piper. Yeah. If we're going to talk about enemies to lovers today, we have to start at the beginning. But can you guess the first book that we're going to bring up to talk about today? The enemies to lovers. The Bible? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Because um, in Corinthians seven seventeen. <laughs> Um, I really like how Judas, um... Fucks God. Fucks God. Does it fuck God? <laughs> no! Why did you say that? That's so... Enemies that's lovers are... Uh, I see what you mean. Honestly, Judas and Jesus kind of sexual tension. They have amazing hate sex. Sorry. The Last Supper, God. that is like... <laughs> it's just an orgy. orgy. I wonder if there's like a subtrope of betrayal, like a trope where they're like friends and then they turn to enemies and then well, they turn to lovers, but that's from Blood and Ash. Yeah, friends to enemies. Friends, friends to, to lovers, lovers to, to enemies, enemies to lovers. lovers. Yeah. I'm trying to see what other enemies to lovers books I have on my bookshelf. You have Beautiful Bastard by Christina Lauren. Oh. You have Gideon the Ninth. You have The Viscount Who Loved Me. Yeah, I have Pride and Prejudice over here. That's the one that we were going to talk about. When did you read that book for the first time, Piper? High school. Class? Yeah. What did you think about it? I absolutely loved it. Well, the first time I ever watched it, I think I was too young to watch it and I hated it because my mom made us watch it. The 2005 Joe Wright version, we were in it. And we were like, mom, You're like I'm seven and I want I'm to watch seven. High School Musical. What did you think of it the first time you read it? Honestly, I, I didn't like it, but okay. I didn't like it because I don't think that I understood it. I had rampant undiagnosed ADHD in high school mm -hmm. and I feel like my brain wasn't developed enough to understand. Mm -hmm. The thing is, I didn't even read it too young. I think I was just personally too young to read it. I also think that watching the 2005 one with Keira Knightley and Matthew McFadden mm. helped me understand it as well seeing it visually but it also I credit Pride and Prejudice with helping me become more of a critical reader mm -hmm. because I was so upset with myself when I was in high school that I didn't understand it because yes. it was my thing I was the girl who like read all of the you know books and then talked about them in class uh -huh. and was yeah, deeply annoying was about it me right too. and so when we read it my teacher was like oh you're gonna love this book and then you're like I don't get it and, and then like, with the ADD too that feeling of 
like you feel so fucking stupid all the time. Oh, I was like, I understand that I am missing something. I just do not know what yeah, I am missing. Exactly. And I was so frustrated for so long about it. As I'm getting older, I realized how dark Pride and Prejudice can be too. Where With uh, like Kitty? Lydia. Lydia. Predatory. It's highly she's predatory. 15. Yeah, exactly. She's 15 and he's a full blown adult, right? He's a full blown, he's like Mr. Darcy's age. We're so grateful to Darcy for forcing for, them to get married. Exactly. Because you think, oh, he fixed the issue. And it's like, well, no, the issue is still the fact that this child is married to some 35 year old. <laughs> Speaking of, yeah. A friend of mine is releasing her first romance novel. Shut the fuck it's up. It's a YA called Accomplished, and it's about Georgiana Darcy. I know. It comes out, I think, in like two weeks or so. Who wrote it? Amanda Quain. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. That's she, so exciting. I knew her over in DC. No um, shit. Yeah, yeah, totally. We met because she was executive producer of this community theater show I did and she worked at a bookstore in Virginia and I remember every time I would see her I would just mm-hmm. be like so can you tell me what it's like to work at a bookstore and she's like it's so great and I was always like good for you that's so nice she's like you could work at a bookstore and I was like yeah yeah maybe maybe one day and now look and three now years, look three years later here I am so going back to Pride and Prejudice yes I actually wanted to read a review in the British Critic from 1813 about Pride and Prejudice because I feel like it really encompasses why we're still here today. The heroine on the first introduction conceives a most violent prejudice against Darcy, which a variety of circumstances well imagined and happily represented tend to strengthen and confirm. Explanations of the different perplexities and seeming contrarieties are gradually unfolded and the two principal performers are happily united in the end. Which acknowledges that is what people really loved about the plot. There was actually another novel called Pamela, Mm -hmm. written by Samuel Richardson in 1740. It is a lot less feminist, I would say, because it's about um, a servant who resists her master. It's fascinating to see how this stuff starts, because it doesn't start in a particularly feminist way. Absolutely not. What is that Shakespeare... Much Ado About Nothing. The other one, Taming of the Shrew. The whole thing is about taming her into submission so he fucking starves her until she submits and becomes a wife it's romantic god that's all i want is to just be locked away not dissimilar from jane eyre yes you know how i feel about jane eyre i know how you feel about jane eyre bad for those piper does not like jane eyre because here's my thing Here's my issue. You spend your whole life being mistreated, just the whole fucking time, and you have not done anything wrong, and yet you're treated so horribly, and then you get a job taking care of this guy's illegitimate daughter, and you see how poorly he treats everyone around him, except for you. He treats you well, and you literally say, you literally fucking say, I know that the the kindness that he treats me with actually comes at the expense of those around me. And then you go to marry this old fucking dude. This old, ugly, mean dude. Those are three words that you use to describe him. You go to get married to him. You find out he has a fucking wife of color in the attic. Bad, 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 bad. So you leave because you're not for mistreatment. And then you have a goddamn wet dream about him. And you come back. The latter half of Jane Eyre really begins to fall apart, especially when she has the... That, I mean, what is it? It's a premonition or some Yeah, some but it's thing. almost like orgasmic. Yeah. This dream that she has about him, basically, and she works as a teacher, and she creates a life for herself. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to go back to this other colonizer. What yeah. ends up happening to her? She sets the house on fire, and he goes back in to try to save her. I guess he's also the rise of the morally gray oh, hero. Yeah. Like, the kind of anti-hero. 
Mm-hmm. Because, listen, he walked so Reese could run. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> You're gonna have to be our Akatar specialist. Listen, I'm happy to do it. I want to know why I'm so drawn to enemies to lovers. Yeah. And I think it's because there is a moment where the main characters have to realize that they were wrong about the other person and that these feelings that they have towards the other person aren't hate but their love exactly and so you have that moment where you're like oh no all of the bad things that i've thought aren't true or if a they- moment of personal reckoning exactly. to realize that you were in the wrong because your perception of the other person was not exactly accurate. and i think that that's something that we crave or something at least that i've craved in the other relationships that i've been in where that moment of personal reckoning is usually the opposite where it's like, oh no, all of these worries that I've had or these little flags that have popped up end up being correct. Yeah. And this is not the person that I should be with. Friends to lovers to enemies. Yeah, Basically, exactly. You Friends realize that the person <laughs> is actually shitty. When you have those feelings of hatred, it the, the line between I think hate and love is very fine. Mm-hmm. And so it gives people a lot of incentive to um, latch on and to to go on that ride to figure out that the person isn't going to be as shitty as you think that they are. Because again, yeah. isn't that the best hope that we all have as people who want to date other people? Yeah. Um, like, oh, you're better than I thought you were? That never yeah. happens. That never happens. Yeah, that doesn't happen. What is one of your favorite? I've been reading a bunch of historicals lately. And so the new Kate Bateman series, the first book is A Reckless Match. And then there's A Daring Pursuit. And what I love is it's warring families. And one by one, there are like four siblings in each family. And they just keep falling in love with each other. (laughs) So funny. In the first book, they do have hard feelings because they grew up together. And the girl's like, you're constantly teasing me and you were so mean to me growing up. And he's like, oh, I was in love with you. What's your favorite contemporary? If we're going contemporary MF, I love Shipped by Angie Hawkman. Yes, you do. Because I love how she hates him to begin with. Mm -hmm. They've never met. They've only interacted online, basically. But he never has a problem with her from the get-go. I love that. Yeah, and so it's this one-sided enemy lovers where she's like kind of manufactured this whole idea of who he is Mm -hmm. in her head. They work for a cruise line company, and so they send them on the cruise together to see, you know, who's going to get the role in the end. Mm -hmm. And it's when they get onto the boat for the first time, and she has to, again, sit there and be like, I had this whole idea in my head of who you were. And then you figure out basically it's the opposite. Yeah. Um, And I think like stuff like that also just like lends itself to be a slow burn. After by Anna Todd I believe is enemies to lovers is that the Harry Styles fan fiction I was actually gonna bring up different fanfics too oh my gosh because we have to I mean that's where it started I mean Dramione fanfic I am too scared Mm. to read Dramione fanfic I feel like it's gonna like awaken something in me that I don't need to look at I'm gonna spell this out for you are you ready yeah her name is Loves Bitka a uh, her name is also Julie Soto. Mm-hmm. She is a lovely author and a lovely person. She actually has a traditionally published novel coming out for the first time, I think early next year. So we'll make sure to call that out Absolutely. when all of that is announced. But yeah, it's called The Auction. And in a world, in a world <laughs> where Lord Voldemort has won the war, Death Eaters abound, the bad no. guys win. Who is going to be part of the prisoners of no. the Dark Lord, Hermione Granger herself? No. Um, she gets auctioned off. <gasps> she gets auctioned off. And guess who the highest bidder is? It's Draco. <gasps> I cannot recommend it enough. I'll make sure to link it so people can find it. Oh. 
why. Uh, oh, she, I'm going to have to check she, that yeah, out. She did a public service she didn't need to do, and yeah. she did. It's great. So highly recommend we'll include it. Actually, that makes me think I have two really good dark enemies to lovers. The most common trope you find in dark romances is going to be enemies to lovers. Yeah. So majority of my recs for today are mm-hmm. going to be dark, but they're good. My first recommendation is the book that... I, I should bring it to my therapist. Okay. It is Trist Six Venom oh, by Lord. Pete Douglas. And I don't know what's wrong with me for loving this book. If loving this book is wrong, I don't want to be right. It is a bully romance. It's sapphic. Penelope Douglas, she does dark the best. She does. She is an unhinged queen. So yeah, they basically like bully each other pretty relentlessly yeah, it's mutual bullying it's they're both pretty pretty fucking awful to each other but yeah. it's first person so the whole time that you're reading it you're in their heads so right. you know that these like intense feelings of hate that they have is just like confusion because they're attracted to each other right. and they're they like don't understand yeah and i know that like for mms you maybe get that more often like you have the charm offensive by yes. Alison cochran yeah, right yeah, yeah, where yeah. like that's going to be an enemies to lovers but for it being sapphic it was just yeah. so much fun to read highly recommend obviously gonna be put a caveat onto any dark romance that I recommend right check your trigger warnings I'm not gonna remember all of them to tell you them here right now right um but I know obviously like Tris Six you're gonna have bullying you're gonna have um like everything that goes with girls bullying girls which yeah so it's just a mess psychological warfare so yeah truly emotional psychological they get yeah. into a physical fight on the field hockey field love it great scene in the rain Ooh. Mm. Is Delilah Green Doesn't Care Enemies to Lovers? Delilah, Delilah Green Doesn't Care by um, Ashley Herring, Herring Blake. Blake. is It's kind of frenemies, I would say. Mm-hmm. Claire knew Delilah when they were young. But yes. It's like enemy sister's friend. So kind of frenemies. Like they yeah. knew each other. Yeah. And Claire was always nice to her. She was never a bully to Delilah like Iris was. Like... Oh, oh, okay. But, you know, she was also friends with Iris. So yeah. also there's Still Beating by Jennifer Hartman. This one is dark. I am not going to sugarcoat it. Very dark. Please check the trigger warnings. It's a serial killer romance in the sense that this girl, I think her name is Cora. She gets kidnapped and she gets put in a basement of the serial killer's house and then she's chained up next to who her sister's ex-fiance who she hates and so she's like fuck my life because i wake up and now i'm gonna die because of the serial killer and not only am i gonna die but i'm gonna die with this fuckhead with this fuckhead and so it's them like chained up and talking for a lot of it spoiler but not because again romance they escape in the end yeah and it's about their relationship overcoming the mutual trauma that they share from being kidnapped oh okay and it is emotional and Mm -hmm. very compelling and also the whole i can't help but fall for you too type of trope again dark as fuck Dark dark dark, 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 like high key dark. Please use discretion if you're gonna read yeah. it. If you're okay with it, go at it. Do you have any dark ones to recommend? Yeah, I do. The Fierce series by Sadie Kincaid. Well, actually, just the first book is Enemies to Lovers, but it's mafia romance, Shit. and it's this girl. The dad goes to her and says, "This man is blackmailing me into giving you to him." to marry him and it's the only thing that I can do to like keep my career I don't want to do it but I have to do it and she's like oh my gosh of course of course for you so then she ends up getting married to this mafia guy this like the king of LA basically and <gasps> they hate each other does you- he hate her or does she just hate him both spoiler alert 
what you find out is that the dad actually sold her to him. Oh my God, Jesus Christ. For like $3 million. The, her, yeah. Are you serious? For like $3 million, he sold his daughter to her. Dad, um, he's not listening, but dad you can David. sell me to anybody. This is I'm I'm giving consent to do this. Just give me you, a cut. Give me a cut. Yeah, I don't care. He doesn't give her a cut. He doesn't. Obviously, he doesn't. No, he's, yeah, lied he's to a her. fucking shithead. He's a shithead. And so the dad portrays her to be this like spoiled, you know, rich girl mm-hmm. who like won't even bother him because she's just going to be so busy shopping and just being vapid. And so when he meets her, he has to come to terms with the fact that. The idea of this woman that he was sold is actually a yeah, it's good completely person with yeah. complex feelings. So they actually like end up falling for each Aww. other. It I I really enjoyed it. Though um, I will say he was willing to buy her to begin with, right? Where again, I mean, that's, but I think it. I think if I'm correct, the parents are also pushing them to pushing him to get married. Oh, okay, I was gonna I say what well, kind of incentive that makes more sense. Yeah. That gives it a, a cool little dynamic because now it's both of them put into positions where they also don't necessarily want to be in this situation. No, exactly, this, exactly what um, it is. And then I have a couple fantasy. Oh, I have some fantasy too. So the Wrath and the Dawn by Renee Adier. It is a reimagining of the Arabian Nights. That one's really good. I'm recommending this one with an asterisk because I need to go back and reread it because I think that they have sex at the beginning of the book right after they're married. It feels like it could be rape, but no one else has, I haven't seen anyone else talk about it. Okay. So I do wonder if, is it more of like a dubious consent type of thing? Do you think? Yeah, where she doesn't, so she agrees to marry this guy. He's the prince and he marries a woman and then kills her at dawn. Why? I don't know. But he killed Shazi's cousin. And so she's like, I'm going to go marry him and I'm going to kill him. (gasps) Okay. I absolutely love that. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh my God. And then they end up falling for each other. Is this an adult or YA? Uh, No, it's YA. It's YA? Okay. But I can't remember. I would say hopefully if it's YA, I mean, listen, maybe a dubious consent thing seems maybe more like it. Yeah, it might be a dubious consent. And then there's Akatar. What I think Sarah J Maas does so brilliantly is she gives us an enemies to lovers in the first book and then she comes around and gives us another enemies to lovers in the second book they 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 scare me a little bit yeah I haven't read a series in mm. so sorry long especially like a series that follows one couple yeah Actually, that's a lie I mean I read Compass Rose oh yeah which Compass Rose Anna Burke if and you've to been to the store, you know how I feel. I would say, I mean, it's kind of difficult. Maybe I, w- I would give it to somebody if they were asking for a sapphic enemies to lovers. It's more like, I don't want to be here with you, but <laughs> I don't know you. Yeah. For Compass Rose, Miranda is a mercenary, essentially, so a pirate. Mm-hmm. And then Rose is on the side of like the government. She's like a human GPS who works for the cops. Rose. Yeah. And so when she's told to, that she has to go work with this pirate, she's like, we are like two completely different people. I have yeah. no reason that I would want to talk to somebody like this. Which you have that with Hunt the Stars. Mm-hmm. The uh, We're going to be doing that as our uh, book club book in August 2022 at the Rip Bodice. But Hunt the Stars by Jesse Mihalik. Basically, a bounty hunter who used to work for one side of a war. Hot. You know, we love a bounty hunter on this podcast. I know, we do love it. We love a good bounty hunter because we all know that you can't love a cop 
romance anymore. Exactly. And so it Except gives you... for Tessa Bailey's The Academy series, which... Sticking the whole NYPD after, after <laughs> her because she's speed dating. Absolutely not. I'm trying to figure out if this is a enemies to lovers. This is one of Taylor, Taylor Swift. Oh my God. I was like going to say Taylor Jenkins Reid. No. Yeah. No. No. We'll get to that episode. I actually saw a TikTok about it. About Someone said it? Someone was like, why do we keep promoting all of these books that are uh, that have such racist stereotypes? And I was like, you oh, can't use your that's black why characters as a plot device. Stop killing black people. <laughs> and literally framing them, framing them. Made up a whole world. Why'd you have to do what we already do in the United States? Oh my God. That's my song. It's fiction. It's Make it fiction. fucking fiction. Stop killing black people. That's... Haven't we done that enough? I would say it's pretty easy to, to, to write a plot where you can include a black character that you don't kill off. I mean, but I guess we've been disproven. We're writing a book right now. We are writing a book. With and a our black character. Yes, and I don't foresee anything bad happening to her except at the beginning. Right. But that's it. And it's not even anything bad. And then we're just going to kill all the black people in the end. That's the epilogue. Everyone's dead. That's the thing about romance novels with at least some representation where you're like, oh, thank you so much for this horribly insensitive depiction of people of color. But at least I don't have to pretend the white girls in the off-campus series are actually black, which is basically what I did when I read the books. Sometimes you just have to stay in your lane in terms of characters that you write. If your whole point of bringing them into the picture is to then treat exactly to harm their literal entire character that you've spent also hundreds of pages learning about and then nothing like a white presenting woman avoiding responsibility like killing herself before she has to deal with the consequences this is a hypothetical book that we're talking about yeah actually this is this is a not real book this This, is this is actually the book we're writing this is (laughs) this is the book we are setting out to write the most racist romance novel it's like the producers but that's fucking funny but i don't understand too because with seven husbands of evelyn hugo yeah we should just say yeah we'll just say it with seven husbands like as a white woman why would you make the main character a half black woman whose black half of her family is then literally framed for this terrible for, thing happening. Yeah. And then the woman who tells her this, who is white passing, then kills herself. Yeah. So she does not have to deal with the consequences of finally telling the truth. Why would you make her half black? Like in the sense of making then her the black side of her family be the side that has all of That's this killed. history. Yeah. Like why was it not the white side of her family? Why not the white side? Why? I mean, why, why, why? Also that like... Is- if if that's your claim to just be like then oh I wrote a character of color like look I'm inclusive you almost make the character white just white right, just white make people. her white because Jesus fucking Christ that is fucking traumatic absolutely absolutely and we will get into this in our episode but also do you want to <laughs> circling back circling back to the 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 topic at hand hunt the stars by mm-hmm. Jesse Mihalik and we're doing that in book club in August Woo-hoo! so if you want to come to book club. It's going to be August 14th, second Sunday of August at 3 p.m. I would say it's, I consider it an enemies to lovers, though I know Mm -hmm. some people would argue that it's not. And it's because you have like different planets with different species and they had a huge war essentially. And it's both the generals from opposite sides. And the one from the alien side comes to the bounty hunter who she works as bounty hunter now her name is octavia and he's like i need you to do this uh this task for me i'll pay you so much money that you can't 
say no. Yeah. And she literally is like, I can't say no. That is the most money I've ever seen in my entire life. Right. So she's like reluctantly. Mm-hmm. So it's also forced proximity situation because, you know, opposing sides. And now right, they have to right. be on the spaceship together as they go through enemy territory. And then you figure out that he knows some things that she doesn't being in enemy territory and like yeah. blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, there's some feelings of betrayal, which adds mm-hmm. to that enemy feeling. There's also, this is how you lose the time war by Amal mm-hmm. L. Motar and Max Gladstone. And it's written in the form of letters oh cool and I it, love it's basically like killing eve with time traveling yeah. and they're both like head spies for opposing nations at uh-huh. war so they're like writing to each other basically being like vaguely threatening and then over time through these letters you f- you see them fall in love oh i like uh that. it's weird and good mm-hmm. and short very Ooh. easy read and the ending maybe you wouldn't consider it a romance so think about that if you decide to read it <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how it ends but Ooh, highly shit. highly recommend there's also a promise of fire by Amanda Boucher he kidnaps her essentially listen it happens it, listen it happens also talking about kidnapping romances enemies to lovers Phoenix the, Unbound yes Phoenix <laughs> Unbound by Grace Draven is true enemies to lovers right and it wasn't ever but it was respectful it was so respectful he was like I have to kidnap you Mm -hmm. because I'm enslaved by this abusive nation. You are my only hope to leave. And so I cannot give you a choice. So I'm just going to kidnap you. Yeah. And the the way that they fall in love is just really amazing. 10 out of 10. Highly recommend as a fantasy enemies to lovers. True enemies to lovers. In the second chapter, there is a sexual assault Mm -hmm. against the hero. It establishes his intent with the main female character mm-hmm. because he's like I have been raped I am not going to I'm touch not gonna, you I'm not like, gonna hurt you I am not gonna touch you I am not yeah. here I'm not kidnapping you for you to be it's not a power thing between the two exactly it, he literally is like you have so much power I need you yes yes yeah and I have to read it oh it's uh fucking fantastic um The Worst Best Man by Mia Sosa and Enemies to Lovers that is so good it's about this woman very uptight type a wedding planner and she's brazilian and she her mom and her aunts have sacrificed a ton in order for her and her cousins to have the lives that they have today and she feels this immense amount of pressure to not fuck up and she gets left at the altar (laughs) and her ex's brother max is the one to tell her that andrew's not coming because of something that max said to andrew the night before max got really drunk and said something to andrew and he called the wedding that made andrew bail so lena's like i fucking hate you i hate you you. ruined my life you ruined my wedding you ruined ruined my relationship yeah you ruined everything and then years later she is oh so we got a time jump yeah love she is approached and asked to apply for a job at this super fancy luxury hotel tell to be their in-house wedding coordinator and she's like we're gonna have you and the other person work with our marketing firm in order to come up with an a marketing plan to present to us at the end and she ends up finding out that the marketing firm is the marketing firm that max and andrew work for so both of them yeah so she's like well i guess i'll work with max because he's not my ex-fiance so it's forced proximity oh man workplace and it's the two of them. It is so good. Okay, I have three more. Three more? For popcorn. For popcorn? Okay, cool. So let's do some popcorn, the title, author, and then maybe like a, should we do a spice rating? Yes. Just make it a little out fun. Out of five? Yeah, out of five. Okay. It's fine. Okay, go ahead. Beach read. Emily Henry, two? Mm, two. Yeah. I have The Worst Guy by Kate Canterbury. 
it is a workplace doctors enemies to lovers they get into such a bad tiff that they have to go to counseling at their work Uh and then they just have a ton of hate sex five out of five on the spicy scale reverie by shane rose this is also a workplace romance and probably like a four yeah spice cool yeah degradation by stylo phantom yeah you got a time jump it's gonna be a five out of five on the spice scale and it's a sister's ex-boyfriend like there was something that happened and then years later the sister gets the main female character gets cut off by her family because of this thing that happened with Mm -hmm. him years ago and then she ends up having to go work for him she doesn't know who she's gonna go work for and she like walks to the room and it's him she's like fuck by the book by jasmine guillory zero yeah complete fade back. <laughs> one hyperion yeah it's it's for disney so it's it's definitely less spicy than her other books but it's wonderful enemies to lovers i'm gonna do hate to want you by alicia ray yes it's gonna be a second chance lovers to enemies to strangers to enemies to lovers fuck yeah and a time jump as well because they used to meet up once a right. year to yes. like fuck and then he stops showing up she's like fuck you so she moves to his town and opens a tattoo shop amazing you have to and alicia ray writes 10 out of 10 smut any of her books please read them tools of engagement by tessa bailey is i would say light enemies to lovers she just thinks he's annoying love um and then probably three three and a half out of five smut good but it's good it's good what payback's a witch by lana harper yes yes i would say that the spice kills like a two Mm -hmm. but a great story Uh, love it witchy witchy rivals competition oh yeah, so competitors to lovers, I oh, guess. Oh, I love, I love that. A good competitors to lovers. Also, yeah. Battle Royal by Lucy Parker, Parker. is another one uh, that is like competitive. Well, not really competitors because she's a judge and he's a he's a competitor. Uh-huh. But it's a great enemies to lovers. <gasps> Highly recommend. And she, it's a good self-discovery book as well. Oh, I love so, that. So, yeah. Follow the character for some, some growth as yeah. a person. So I would say that's kind of our deep dive into enemies to lovers. Among other things. Among... A commentary on the world. Thank you all for listening. Enemies to Lovers is a great trope. It's a good way to get into romance if yeah. you've never read it before. Solid shit. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Please yeah. make sure to download the podcast. That helps us a lot. And if you want to leave a review, that would also mean a lot to <gasps> yes. us. Yes. And make sure to subscribe. Yes. Follow, also the, follow podcast. the podcast. Yes. Follow the podcast so you can keep updated. Our social medias, our Lace AD podcast, uh, especially our Instagram. That's where we're most active. Mm-hmm. We also have our website, laceadpodcast.com, where we, uh, you know, we're going to keep a running list of all the books that we talk about in each episode, the episode breakdowns, all the stuff like that. And stay tuned for some, you know, more exciting, more exciting stuff, more exciting stuff as we continue to figure out how to do this, (laughs) what we're doing, what the fuck we're doing. Yeah. So as always, have a great uh, day, everybody. I hope that you listen to this on your drive or somewhere else. It's like NPR. Yeah, we are the NPR of romance. We are. (laughs) Thank you so much, guys. We love you dearly. Bye-bye. Lace and Debauchery is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts.